Disclaimer. The opinions expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and co-host in addition to any guests welcome onto the show. They are not the opinions or beliefs of any company, entity, or individual not associated with the show. Enjoy. This country was founded on the idea that checks and balances are what truly moves it forward. All it ever takes is a single conversation to start the motion. Hello and welcome to Open Door Politics, Episode 4. My name is Jason Stewart. I'm your host and the co-host, Mr. Joel Phillips. How are you today, sir? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. What's going on? Good. Well, welcome. Welcome to this week's episode. Um, a lot has happened recently in the nation, and uh, we thought it best to actually take tonight's episode, the, the entirety, the majority of the episode, and really discuss uh, one key part, and, and it's going to sp- spider into a, a couple of discussions. Uh, this week's title for the topic is called Unjust Killings, a Discussion of Ahmad Arbery and the Racial Divide. So uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you, a lot of our listeners have heard at this point uh, one of the most recent stories about uh, the jogger in Georgia that was murdered by two uh, white individuals, a black jogger. And there's a, a lot going on in that investigation. And we, uh, we wanted to have kind of a discussion on that, and, and it will branch into a larger discussion about some yeah. of the racial tensions going on uh, today. Unfortunately, so Joel, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna have you take lead on this one, uh, get the conversation started, and, and kind of give me your perspective of what's going on, um, and, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, so um, you know, definitely, I would say first off, I would start by saying this is probably going to be the most pivotal and probably toughest episodes uh, that we're going uh, to do because it hits so close to home you know, with us being two black men ourselves. Um, and what, what I would say is with this Ahmad Arbery situation, it's, it's from an emotional perspective, it's, it's, it's frustrating um, seeing us, what I feel is, is hunted um, by people with, a, and again, you know, they are in a minority. It's still a large, in my opinion, number of people, but they are in a minority um, uh, in, in regards to the, the totality of the nation of the country. Um, and I would argue that they're in a majority in the southern areas where they keep happening. I mean, we're going to cover a lot of cases and you'll see a pattern that most of them are in the south. Um, and so uh, so I would say you're, you're probably going to see a majority of these white people that act like this uh, in the South. Now, the case with the Mont Arbery was you had corruption on uh, several levels in that county. And I want to get it right. It was Glenn County, Georgia. Now, before this even happened, um, the police chief of Glenn County had been removed or impeached. And, um, you know, they put in a new police chief who was expected to fix a lot of these things. And, uh, you know, apparently, you know, he didn't um, because people wonder why was, why were the killers not, uh, uh, you know, arrested for two months? And the reason why is the district attorney was, and she's recused herself uh, as of now, um, but she was friends and, and a coworker of the older gentleman um, that that shot uh, Ahmaud Arbery, that was a part of the shit, uh, Gregory McMichael. Yeah, and, um, and Travis McMichael, yeah. And, yeah, and Travis McMichael. But she, she was a coworker and friend of Gregory McMichael, yep. um, uh, retired officer. And so she told them, cops are ready to arrest them. Uh, probably about a day or two later, she told them, no, do not arrest them. And so there's just um, a, a lot of it boils down to, um, and, and I told, told you about this, you know, off air, a lot of it boils down to 
this feeling that, um, and I don't want to make a generalization, but this certain group of whites that feel this way, they feel they can hold us accountable, um, even to the point of death, and the law will be on their side, even if death is the result. Um, and, you know, we don't have a lot of facts of, of you know, what Amari Arbery was uh, doing. Apparently, he was just jogging in the neighborhood, but we don't have a lot of facts on, on his background. But no matter the facts, he should not have been stopped by citizens. And if he was to be stopped by citizens, they should have never felt that they could come to him armed and make a citizen's arrest, uh, even if he were to be stopped by citizens. And um, one example I gave you uh, off air was just you know, my own personal experience with a situation like this, where um, I played golf and I was practicing my golf swing um, in a neighborhood before a round with my friends. And I just pulled my golf club out and I was practicing and just practicing my swing. Lady drives by two or three times. Then she comes back the third time and she's laughing because she's embarrassed because she thought I was about to break into the car, hit the car with the golf club. She thought I was, because that's what golf clubs are for, breaking into cars in broad daylight. Yeah, that's what they're for. Um, obviously, what I was doing with that golf club was none of her business. Um, if I did break into the car, Call nine one one. Right. But if you see someone practicing their golf swing, maybe they are an American citizen in a place they're supposed to be, America, <laughs> and maybe they're working on their golf swing. You know, um, and so it, 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 it for me it goes back to to me. I feel like you cannot you're, you're doomed to repeat your history uh, if you don't remember it. You know, you're 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 filled, You're doomed to repeat it if you don't remember your history. And uh, this goes back to, um, you know, in my opinion, the lynchings. Um, lynchings in America lasted 100 years um, to 1968. That's how long lynchings lasted in the South in America. And there were not one person was ever convicted. Think about that. Not one person was ever convicted of lynchings in America. The sense of the idea of public justice on minorities, and it was a small amount of public justice on whites as well, but it was mainly uh, minorities. Uh, and and then to think that not one person was was ever held accountable for that. Only two were ever tried, and both of them were acquitted. And yes. it's culminates. Uh, it's culminated by the lynching of Mary Hayes, who was, um, her husband was lynched, and she decided to fight it in the court. Um, she couldn't, and then a chain gang unfortunately found her, lynched her, and um, went as far as to cut her child out of her stomach uh, in 1918, May 1918, and stopped stomp the child out of life uh you know stomp out the child yeah, absolutely horrific yes uh yes and it's it's just this feeling of uh some some whites in america that i determine your justice you know not not the system not the not not cops not police not the justice system if it gets that fine but i also have the right to determine your justice. I also have the right to be judge, jury, and executioner over you. Um, and I just think it's a history that America has not reconciled with to this day. And there's this, um, and I know you know, you know, you may not agree with every aspect of what I'm about to say here, but there's this this belief that racism is a governmental construct, a governmental system, so to speak, where where people can operate with impunity to give themselves this sense of power. And it's also where it's all a, a branch of it is also where we where we deal the idea of white privilege from. That's all based in this this system of racism. 
um, some call it systemic racism, but it's this this system that people believe is underneath America's normal system or its superficial system, what you see out in the open. And so um, it's just it's just a lot going on here. And I think until we come to grips with and face this reality and this this um, sentiment, this spirit will pervade in our country, and, and there will there will always be a segment that thinks that this is just and right and fair when it's obviously when it's, when it's obviously not. Yeah, I'm. I mean, to a point there, um, I have to agree with you. Unfortunately, and we're all smart enough to realize that racism will never completely go away, ever. I, I don't see that ever happening um, in this country where racism is completely 100% abolished. And it, it, there can be an argument for systemic racism in the governmental sense. I, I can see an argument of that. I mean, you look back at some of the yeah. laws that are still in the books in southern states still in the books today it just haven't been practiced or enforced yeah it, it, you can see it it's, now, it's history now quick question quick question right mm-hmm. so racism i agree racism will probably never be done do we stop fighting no of course not you can't you can't ever stop fighting you can't just settle okay. and accept it uh because it's completely yeah. wrong it's just like saying you know yeah. racism you, you murder somebody you're racist inherently racist against somebody you you steal from somebody those things will always in this country be around murder theft yeah. racism not saying they're on the same level just those crimes in general that popped into my mind they'll always be around and it's something we should always fight against um but to into to your point as well back in that time i think the report was from the naacp um, it, it, with the time of lynchings, when it stopped around 1968, you're talking about 4,700 lynchings that happened in that time period from yep. about yep. 1882. And, you know, it's important to note, just as a side note, that almost 1,300 of those lynchings were white. White people got lynched. And yeah, yes, yes, I said that. It's, it's, yeah. it, was a, it was a little it, bit of frontier justice. Um, but now they never put a white person on the postcard um, like they put our people on postcards. Yeah, no, and and, uh, and I say that to say simply that, like you, like you said, it was definitely uh, that group of people taking what they thought was justice in their own hands. So fast forward to right now, uh, Ahmad Arbery. Those two individuals, even though he was a prior uh, law enforcement officer, uh, call nine one one, sit on it. You don't need to yeah. get in your truck, or your car, or your vehicle with a shotgun with you and your son, chase a person down walking down the street. You know what I would have done if I felt like they did, like I thought they, this person was who matched the string of burglaries in my neighborhood. I would have called 911 and let's say I was so inclined to follow them, which not really my inclination, but let's say it was that day. I would have kept my distance, stayed on the phone with the police officers, followed them down the street at a distance just to give the information up to police officers where they are and where they're going if, they, if the, the police can't find them. That's something now, that I can the, see as a possibility, but much more than that, I, I don't think so. Now, here's the thing. You're, op- you're operating as, and I'm not trying to be funny here, but you're operating as an on-the-level, non-racist, bigoted person. If you thought white people were dogs that needed to be put down put in their place and they needed to be handled and dealt with. And there's only one way to deal with them. You wouldn't do that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You go out there and go deal with them. If you, if you had, if you had that type of bigotry in your heart, you you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. You know, and you felt the system supported you. The system was okay with that. Now here's what I will say about the system to your point. And we're going to get into these guys a little bit later, but Amber Geiger, She's in jail for unjustly killing a black man. Michael Slager, he's in jail for unjustly killing a black man. So I think the system is coming around. And and what I would say is, uh, we didn't talk about this off air, but what I would call these guys, we're going to get into it a little later, but I think the right term to call these guys is ex-cops. You know, okay, you don't want to say it's all cops. Well, these guys are ex-cops. You know I mean, guys that do this, they're ex-cops. Right. You know I mean, let's put them in jail. And put let's give them the dis- the name that the disgrace that the name that describes the disgrace they deserve. They're ex cops. You know what I mean? That way we don't gotta say it's all cops. We can say it's these ex cops. 
you know? Yeah. But again, but you got to understand, like, to humanize it, if you thought white people were dogs that needed to be put down, and you thought there was only one way to deal with white people, <laughs> you wouldn't handle the situation sensibly because your reasoning and your logic is not sensible. Yeah, of course. And, and it's very clear that there are a, a minority of people that absolutely still view blacks that way. There's no question that that's true. What I have an issue with and and what you alluded to and what LeBron James alluded to, who shouldn't really be speaking about this stuff on his Twitter feed anyway, personally, but, and I quote from LeBron, LeBron James, he says, we're literally hunted every day, every time we step out, uh, step from outside the comfort of our homes, end quote, with exclamation point. Listen, man, if you have a platform where you should be using it to bring people together, there is not much worse you can say besides creating and creating fear in young black America, which doesn't help the situation. So let's say this tweet goes out and it reaches a million 18-year-olds, right? So now these yeah. 18 year olds who are young and impressionable are th- literally thinking that this basketball god, LeBron James, is feeling this way, that this must be true. So now these 18-year-olds, whenever they step outside the house, who want to be just like LeBron James, think that the white person is trying to hunt me every time I step outside my home. So what do you think that does with every interaction they have from that point forward with white America? It's not a positive interaction. So guess what that in turn does for white America, whether they're right, wrong, or on the fence, it creates another negative spinoff. Saying things like that on the platform that that man has is absolutely ludicrous. It is stupidity. If he wants to build social, uh, social structures to help bring people together, he just tore every one of them down by literally setting up a generation of individuals. And during this time and place, that white America hunts black America, the majority. And that it doesn't, it doesn't say minority here. It doesn't say a small group of white men and women are hunting blacks. It says literally we're hunted every time we step out of our home. And of course it's talking about white America. That's that, that can't happen. Okay. So, so, okay. So I'm not going to say I, I agree with you here, but to push back, you know, I think it is good that, um, America sees a, a, a leader in a moment of vulnerability because it's, it's a frustrating thing, man. It's a frustrating thing. LeBron's had, you know, um, the N-word, you know, spray painted in his residence. You know, um, he's, he's had these things, you know, um, happen to him as far as you know, having his home vandalized and, and, and you know, being a, 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 a big black man, I'm sure he's been, you know, um, you know, given second and, and third glances, you know. Um, so it, it, it's frustrating. I don't think, um, I don't think he should be faulted for being vulnerable. Um, because I tell you, there's nothing more crippling to a people than seeing a leader kowtow or 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 bend the knee to oppression oh no you one know? no one said um, he had to do that no one said he had to do that though he could have simply well, saying, well, you know do. yeah well he could have simply went into it and and clearly stated uh what happened to this man this black individual was a travesty 100 percent a travesty and then he could have said something along the lines to bring us together not to perpetrate fear in the lives of black America. He, he could have easily turned this a different way. And where he left that tweet is, is simply where it is. He left it that we are all being hunted. So now every black person should be looking over their shoulders and scared to leave the comfort of their home. That's, that's, that's not the way to do it. That's not vulnerability. He knows exactly what he was doing. He knows how many followers he has and how much money he has. Doing that doesn't help anything. Well, let, let me go on to this then, right? Um, uh, Michael Jordan, right? Uh, you know, uh, the, the juxtaposition of LeBron James. Um, uh, I did not like his approach. Uh, Michael Jordan, in, uh, in 2016, 
um, when um, cops were, you know, basically uh, committing police brutality against us. And during that time, it was a really hot uh, summer because we retaliated um, for the shooting deaths of Philando Castile and Alton Sterling. Uh, we had a sniper go out and kill five police officers, uh, which I don't condone, obviously. They blew that man up, though. They blew him up. They used a, a, a weapon used in war on that man. Uh, so I don't agree with that either. But here's what Jordan did, which I feel is debilitating as a black man. He donates $2 million to combat police brutality and anti-cop violence. I'm sorry, in this situation, you cannot stay on the fence like this. You have to be honest and speak up for the oppressed. In my opinion, you have to speak up for the oppressed and only the oppressed. Cops are going to be covered. They're going to be fine. They're going to get the support they need from this country. You know, the country doesn't, this, this percentage, whatever we want to call it, the country doesn't give a damn about that percentage, minorities and the oppressed. You know, so, so that, that's my take. I know I'm a little more radical about this uh, than others, but I feel you have to, to lift up the, those that are down. And leave it at that. You do, no, but but you you can't just blanket a statement and say that the cops are taken care of. That sniper who killed five cops, I bet those cops thought they were taken care of. Their families didn't think they were taken care of. The, the, no. You can't you can't say that because if he just killed and and cops violence on cops. There was a time where uh, fire Ooh. fire departments, you know, uh, the firefighters and the EMS and the police officers were called to fake fires. They were getting shot. I remember that. That's that's in our recent history. You know, that's not that's that's they those ones that got killed. They didn't uh, they didn't necessarily fight Black America. They were just a victim. Yes, they were victims. But who's gonna say what did those cops do to get shot? They're dead. People are gonna say what did Austin Sterling do to get shot? What did Philando Castillo do to get shot? Nobody's gonna say. Society is not gonna say what did those cops do to get shot. We know they were victims. Society knows they were victims. You know what society doesn't see as victims? They're starting to see us as victims now, but they don't see Philando Castillo as a victim. A, a, a vast swath of society. They don't see Alton Sterling as a victim. So when LeBron James, an athlete who they pay attention to and respect, says, hey man, these guys are victims, I'm sorry to say the platform makes these people listen. Like it's one of those facts of reality that you know it's just you know it's just just it's just the way it is. I don't know why it's that way, but it's just the way it is, man. Like you have to take a stand. It's like it's like Jordan respect him to death as a ball player, but this man never took a stand. He always played the fence, and that's what I remember about him. There's a guy that said Jordan will be a great player. He'll be remembered as a basketball player. But history will not remember him. I'm talking like Mayan level stuff. Like when we become the Mayans, they will not say, oh, it's Michael Jordan who, who fought for a change for his people. History will remember LeBron James. History will remember Muhammad Ali. You know, history will remember Malcolm X. History will not remember. See, I have, a, I have a problem with you putting LeBron James on the same side as Malcolm X, Mal- Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. <laughs> Why? <laughs> that, when has LeBron James spoke out against black-on-black violence? And if he has, what did he say? And if he did say something, was it as loud as what he's saying right now? See, here's the thing. You're talking about these athletes using their platform to speak out against a minority of an issue, okay? It is a real okay. issue. It is an important issue, but these African-American just mega superstars are using their platform to create fear. LeBron James saying that we step out of the house and we're hunted every single day. That will 100 percent warp the mind of young of young athletes, young black men and women in this country. I have zero doubt in my mind. Now, did LeBron James speak out when the black on black crime is happening? 
look at the statistics right here. I just have some right here. We, we need to be honest about this right now, okay? Blacks make up 13% of America, while whites make up 60% of America. And this is just from the U.S. Census, right? 2018. Okay. All right, that's, mm-hmm. you know, blacks have approximately 40% of all murders, and whites have much less, and we're only 13% of America. Black people kill white people two times as much as the other way around. Looking at the FBI, let's look at the FBI stats on the crime rates in 2016, right from the FBI right website. You can go to, to ucr.fbi.gov backslash crime. And this is specifically about murders in 2016. 2,870 blacks were murdered. And this also talks about how many uh, the other race that did the murders. Okay. In that year, 2,870 blacks were murdered. 243 whites did those murders, a portion of those murders. 243 of those blacks that were murdered were done by whites. 2,570 of that 2,800 black people died were done by blacks. 90% black on black crime. When has LeBron James, when have any of these mega superstars spoke out about the real problem in black America isn't about these this true minority of racism or a problem is definitely going to be the, the perpetuated government uh, systematic racism you can argue about for sure is a problem yeah. but the bigger problem we're having is that we are 90% killing ourselves almost 3000 murders in 2016 were done by our own people why aren't people outraged about that that's my question. That's what if, if black America wants to play the victim card, why is LeBron saying James ain't saying that we're getting hunted by our own people or we're, we're killing ourselves? That is mind blowing statistics when I look that up. OK, I understand so, that these couple of points that we have here and we'll go over uh, what we can do to really help ourselves out in these certain situations. Uh, but these con- and this is really what it is. They're controversial killings by cops to blacks or controversial killings by racists to blacks. But they are few and far in between. And the media is blowing it up so badly that it's taking over all of the coverage when really the coverage should be put to if you want to if, if uh, a, a black, a positive, a black positive media is out there, they should be discussing how we should stop this. These type of numbers. Right. That's what LeBron James yeah. should be saying. What do you think about that? Now, now here's the thing: when when you talk about uh, black and black crime, it's you're talking about proximity. When you're talking about white and white crime, black and black crime, and also as well, if any of these things happen, obviously the criminal is jailed. There's no there's there's a single person that's committed a crime against a, a black person or a white person's committed a crime against a white person that has walked when the case was obvious, when it was obvious that it was murder. But you have, like I told you, with the lynchings, you know, you have literally no one was convicted of that. So when you talk about injustice, you're not talking about the generality of the crime itself. You're talking about whether or not justice was served. Were there convictions? Or like in a lot of these cases where racism is involved, there weren't convictions. There were acquittals, either because the jury was all white or uh, typically because the jury was all white, honestly. Um, But a lot of times, and also there isn't a lot of, we're starting to see a progress where support is drummed up by the people. But, um, you know, you're, you're not seeing it um enough yet it's it's still not like commonplace like amber dyer will go to jail but the mcmichaels may walk you know so it's not it's not consistent yet we don't see a consistency and when you talk about black on black crime there is a um a layman about that i mean that's why we rebuild education that's why lebron james opened up a school to change life for kids in those situations so, I mean, there, there's, there, that is being dealt with, but that's not an injustice is the point. Like if, if someone, if a black person kills another person in their neighborhood, they're going to jail if they get caught. Uh, in fact, 
the book's going to be, again, due to systemic racism, we know the book's going to be thrown at them even harder. I mean, with, in Nipsey Hussle's case, uh, not only did they, uh, I believe they jailed uh, Nipsey Hussle's killers, yeah. but his boy, they jailed his boy because he was, he was associating with Nipsey Hussle. That was a, a parole violation because they said Nipsey Hussle was a, was a gang member. And he, his parole said he could not associate with gang members. So the system got, unfortunately, this system got something for black people. You know what I mean? So you don't have to worry about black on black crime. So then so the let's do going, better. going to make sure and overthrow. Well, I'm, I, know, I know you're going to that angle. Uh, I, I know it's not an angle, but I know that's where you're going next. But you, I'm, I'm addressing this issue. We don't need to worry about black on black crime in relation to justice because justice gets served. It gets overserved. You know, now that we'll talk about, you know, our responsibility, um, you know, within our community and things like that and things we can do. But LeBron is working on that. Like I said, I mean, the best way to change a community is to start with education. And he's built a school. So, I mean, there's, there, there, you know, there, 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 it's, it's, it's nonsense to think that, that, again, he is not making a difference. And history will come for him. Uh, Martin Luther King didn't build a school. Malcolm X didn't build a school. LeBron James, in my opinion, will be remembered as these guys for, no. for his philanthropic efforts. And he is involved. He didn't just build a school and disappear. He didn't donate money. He is involved in that school. So the, so the it's called the I Promise School. Yeah. Uh, hometown of Akron, Ohio. And, and you're right. So, by, by far, education is one of the number one ways to uh, transform a generation from uh, not being prosperous to being prosperous. And at the, yeah. in, the, in the very same breath, you, you also can't set those very same population of people you're trying to serve. You can't set them up for failure by telling them they're being hunted every time they step out of the house. That, I mean, that's that how causes felt, problems. It, it, that was, that's how you felt. It was a moment of vulnerability. I mean, I think we disagree on, I think we're going to disagree on whether or not he should have said it, I appreciate the vulnerability um, because it's it's uh, it's tough. Um, you know, um, I, I'll edit it for the uh, for the for the the PE family, but it, it's like Jay Z said, man. No matter how high you climb in American society, you're still an N word. There's still some white person that sees you as an N word. No matter how high you climb, that you know, no matter what sort of social circle you get into. It just seems like there's this never-ending, just layer upon layer of white person. Like you will find at every level a white person that thinks they're superior to you. Yeah. And and treats you as if you are nothing to them. Yeah. I, I would have uh, to agree with that. I've seen it myself many times. And that's your state. It's exas- it is exasperating. And I appreciate my leaders. I'll put LeBron LeBron James up there as a leader. I appreciate our leaders coming out and being honest about that. Unlike Michael Jordan, who, you know, and look, Michael Jordan just wanted to be a basketball player. I get it. I get it. So, you know, he's tasked with that responsibility. He didn't want that responsibility. So I respect it. But it, it, it you know, Michael Jordan's always played defense. Right. And, and I don't, I don't, I can't respect that. You know what I mean? But I, I can respect the fact that he just wants to play basketball. I can respect it because he's uh, got a billion dollars in the bank. But I just, you know, I feel like, you know, you know, you take a stand, man. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a, a fall on my sword kind of guy. I, I put myself out there. You know what I mean? Well, I will say this. LeBron James is not someone I consider my leader or a leader in my in my world or my circle. Uh, I don't agree hey, with his views, but he he de- there's no question he is a leader. And there's no question he's yeah. an amazing basketball player. And he is uh, a father figure, a leadership figure for a lot of, of young uh, black men and women and white men and women. I 100 I, percent I acknowledge that. Don't see it for me because yeah. he's uh, kind of on the yeah. radical side of things. But um, uh, but yeah, I can understand that. And, and as far as as far as the the unjust goes, yeah, we are looking at unjust, right? We're looking at you yeah. know, like Injust- I said, in- injustice, right? The unjust society, yeah. the injustice that that's perpetrated. Uh, but yeah. but honestly, in my mind, 
in my personal feelings, I think the black on black crime is a bigger issue than the small minority. And it is a small minority. It's just blown up in the media of racist whites, quote unquote, hunting blacks. It is a problem. It is a very serious issue and it will always be serious. But the bigger problem, and you're talking about systemic and generations, the bigger problem is the blacks killing the blacks at a ridiculous rate. That will be, that's more, there are more future lives, more future past being wiped off this face of this earth by blacks against other blacks than there ever will be, ever will be from whites against blacks. That is the bigger problem. What you're talking about with the lynchings, that's last century. We have grown since then. Now, should we forget our history, where it came from? Nope, because it still applies. But as of right now, in modern times, we aren't worried about lynchings. We're more worried about the handful, and I mean handful, of corrupt bad cops, which are just bad people in general. There's nothing to do with them being cops. It's them being bad people instead of the almost 3,000, what was the number? You know, 3,000 deaths in 2016 of blacks and 90% were done by other blacks. That's a bigger problem to me. Really, it is. And, I, and until we find the solution to that, uh, a little else means more. Well, you're, you're, again, this is, this is why, you know, we disagree. And this is why I consider LeBron James, you know, one of my leaders and a leader of our people, because the solution is education. The solution is rebuilding the community. And that's what these guys are doing, man. Kevin Durant is rebuilding Prince George's County. He's going out there, uh, building community centers, starting projects in their neighborhood. Nipsey Hussle started a business in his neighborhood. Rick Ross building businesses. Yeah. So we're doing that. You know, it's 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 it's. I think I think the the black on black crime thing is just an attempt to change the subject from the like you said small cases of flat out racism and prejudice from cops and and these vigilantes and the overarching systemic racism that still permeates our system as we talked about this country does have a social caste system now it doesn't have an economic caste system which is why we can get a lebron james that can rise up and then come back and rebuild the community you want to stop black on black crime rebuild the community and that's what lebron james is doing so he's dealing with the outer problem and he's dealing with the inner problem. Yeah, agreed. So, but those agreed. Are I'm glad he's problems. doing that. They are. They are, they are two those different are problems. Two different and, problems. I, and I'm glad he's doing Absolutely. that. I just feel like he's hurting himself by putting out that type of information to, to young, impressionable minds. I mean, you, you want to talk about leaders being vulnerable. You know, you didn't give Trump a pass, but, you know, that's fine. <laughs> you give LeBron James a pass, even though what he said is, is not good. But you gave, you know, you gave, but no worries. We'll talk about that another time. LeBron James might have had LeBron James, and and I even agree on this, it's arguable. LeBron James might have had a moment of weakness. But that's moments of weakness. Yeah, moments of Twitter weaknesses. Moments of moments of Twitter weakness. Yeah. Well, look, so let's let's transition then from same topic, but we want to look at some of the, I want to look at some of the controversial deaths in our recent history. And, and we, this is where we, we differ on a couple of things. Um, and we're, we're discussing education. Okay. Let's talk about how in certain situations as, as blacks, even though we should not have to think this way. And this is, I think what your point is that we should not have to have to think this way. We should not have to do certain things to make sure we can go home safely at night, which I completely agree with, but Let's look at some of these controversial deaths and how we put ourselves uh, in some of these situations. Again, I, and we'll and I'll talk case by case here. But 2016 in July, uh, Alton Sterling in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Right, he was 37. This is, this is from CNN reports, which uh, is probably the first and last time you hear me quote a CNN report. Uh, yeah. But he was outside of a convenience store selling CDs. The police received a call about a gun. Uh, they confronted him. 
they thought they saw that he was the man with the gun and he got shot and he died. Okay. Again, what we really don't, I don't want to go into speculation, but you know, the worst part, and I agree with you is that could have been a false call just on a guy that was out there selling. Right. Not, not so much the conversation, but it it, absolutely, I can understand. uh, I can understand that. And that point, is there anywhere, and this is a question for you, is there anywhere where it's legal to sell CDs outside a convenience store without a license in this country? So, no. Uh, it is illegal to sell CDs outside a store without a license. Okay. But so, what I will say is, you know, um, in this situation, the cop jumped across the car like a superhero. Trying to get some action. Trying to get some action. This this wannabe tough guy jumps across the car and tackles it. For what? Dis- disrespect? He mouthing off to you? Big bad man? He, ma- he mouthing off to you? That's that's. So now you got to jump across the car? You know, and it's just, it's, it's, and the thing is, um, cops have done, unfortunately, you know, they've done this to our, to minorities. But they did the same thing to a white man. Remember, they did that to that white man um, in the hotel. They told him, "You're going to die tonight," mm. um, and they gave him they gave him mixed instructions. And then they gunned him down, walked over the body, and into the hotel room. Like these guys, just you know, um, and I know that's not your your point, but these guys just I, I feel like sometimes these guys. I, I, here's what we agree, right? Not every case is the same, and. Um, I feel like sometimes these guys have this fetish, man. This, 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 just this, this, this. this there's, there's a personality of sometimes cops that they're want to be tough guys. They're action heroes. They're superheroes. And when they realize being a cop is sitting at a desk half the time or ninety percent of the time and writing reports, they get they get enamored. Sure. They get they get just just disillusioned. Like when, when do I get to shoot someone? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then then when the opportunity arises. These murderers uh, take their chance, you know. And, 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 and again, that's my that's my point, to, right? You know, they do it disproportionately to 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 black people, but they have done this to white people before. Too. Yeah, and, and that's my point. There are a small small minority of officers, and this is just their people. So there's a small minority of people in general who are systemically racist, inherently racist, hate blacks, hate hate Asians, hates uh, Hispanics that are going to look for a way to cause them harm, whether they're cops or whether they're postal workers, you know, nothing wrong, nothing yeah. wrong with either. They're, they're just people yeah. that are like this, that happen to go into the uh, law enforcement profession. So again, to the, the original point was the fact that since we know this as black America, right, wrong, or other, since we know this, there are certain things we should do to not put ourselves in this situation. For him, Alton uh, Sterling, he should not have been illegally selling CDs. Now, am I again, I want to make it very clear to our listeners, I'm not blaming the victim in this case. What I'm actually trying to do is educate us and how to handle certain situations to not put ourselves in a position where we don't go home at night. So the next one on our list that we talked about earlier, uh, 2015, Walter Scott. He was 50 years old, North Charleston, South Carolina. He was pulled over for a broken taillight. When he got pulled over, he bolted out of the car, ran away from the cop, was shot in the back, died. His family lawyer, they said he, he, they think he ran because he didn't want to go back to jail for not, and I say go back to jail, for not paying child support. That's what yeah. the lawyer but, stated but that so, he thought he did that. So what did he have to go back to jail? Like, so, so that, that, that's, that's not relevant. To the fact that the cop shot him in the back and then dropped the bot, dropped the gun on his dead, his dying and soon to be dead body. Like, you know how callous and, and uncaring uh, about a human being you have to be? Oh, absolutely. To do that? I, I don't disagree. You know I, mean? so- I don't disagree. But the issue that, I, that I'm bringing up is that let's say we can pretty safely assume that if he hadn't ran away from the cop, 
the cop might not have, and I say might because I don't, I'm not a fortune teller, might not have had yeah. an opportunity to shoot him in the back in the first place. That's what I'm saying. And I'm not, yeah. I'm not even going to go back far and say he should have paid child support or shouldn't have done something to yeah. go back to jail originally. I'm not worried about that. Right then and there, in yeah. that moment, he should not have ran away from law enforcement. He was 50 years old. Why is he running and away you know from what, the cops? And you know what I'll say? I want to live in a world where, um, and this this is a good good segue into one of the things I was talking about. We talked about off air, but I want to live in a world where I have the same respect and simple civil right privilege a white person would have in that scenario. A white person runs. I guarantee you they're not shot in the back and a gun is dropped on their dead body because the cops already generating the murderer is already generating the lie in his head. And we can say murderer because this guy was convicted and sentenced to jail. Right. So he was, he was convicted and he, he did break down and, and sort of realize, oh, my goodness, I'm a evil person. <laughs> yeah. Realize, oh, my, it's all flashed in front of them. But here, here's, here's where we, where we uh, disagree, right? Because we, we agree that. with that. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, 100%. With, yeah, I want to live in a that. world where um, I don't have to worry about that either. I completely agree. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And so, and so, and, and, and where we disagree is, you know, um, uh, that, you know, you know, running is it, it, like, it, where we disagree is, I don't care that he put himself in that situation. What, what, and what I mean by that is, and we and we talked about this off air. Is there's a there's a, a, a many whites. Um, I won't say most, but many whites in this country are unjust, and they think justice is typically uh, the way we think of it. I think we can understand that it's unfair. This was not fairness in punishment, right? Like this was unfair. He shouldn't have been killed. Gun shouldn't have been dropped. In Absolutely. Body. But but there are whites that do not agree that he should he should have the same reward they have and that makes them unjust as well in fairness in reward meaning this guy shouldn't be able to live in the same neighborhood they live in uh that to me that was a mod arbery thing there's only one reason the black person is in this neighborhood and it's not because they live in this neighborhood right it's because they they they're up to something or, or they robbed a home in this neighborhood. They don't live in this neighborhood. Right. And that's unjust. That is unjust. So I will continue to fight for the right for our people to commit misdemeanors. <laughs> Running from a cop is a, is a misdemeanor. You know what I'm saying? It's not even a felony. You know what I mean? Uh, for the right to selling CDs is a misdemeanor illegally. It's a misdemeanor. You sure. get a fine, uh, you don't even go to jail for that. You know what I mean? Being drunk and selling CDs, you might But still but like, breaking but, the law but, and putting himself in a position to interact with police officers. I will fight to my last breath for a world where a black man can commit a misdemeanor and be treated just like a white man. Whether yeah. that ever happens or not, I will fight for that world. And I will not relent I will not give up and I will not make excuse. Um, and, and again, you know, I, I will, to, to your point, I will encourage caution and safety because we're not in that world. Right. Yet. You know what I mean? We're not. And, you know? and while you're, but while you're fighting fight for that world, I'm fighting. World. Yeah. I'm fighting for the world where a black man is smart enough to not put themselves in illegal situations. And we have countless of those black men and women in our country, in our world today. And we just need to continue to spread that more. Like, I would fight for a world where there's never a crime committed by a black man or woman. Or anyone for that matter, but we're talking specifically about African Americans. That's where I want to be because because of where we did come from. That's that's the point that why I'm so adamant about that. Because where we came from, where we were slaves... We were dogs in a society. We are now free and have every economic chance, opportunity to make millions and billions of dollars in this country like every other person that were previously our masters. And instead, we are creating the most 
the majority, and that's why I'm so angry about it, really. When I think about it more and more, we have every opportunity to be successful and we are holding ourselves down. And and generationally, generation after generation after generation, we are the minority creating the majority of murders. That kills me. Absolutely kills me. So then I will again fight for a world while you're fighting for that. I'm fighting for a world where we're smart enough not to put ourselves in a situation that we have to interact with police officers in the first place. That's what gets me so hot. And what and what I would say is where you and I differ, I do not dignify that society that enslaved our people. You know, I do not I I I will never respect that society. Um, I will acknowledge some good came from it, but I, I will never dignify it. Sure, you know of course. I mean? So I don't even, you know, um, uh, associate it. You know, I, I consider, you know, those people slavers, and I consider our people enslaved. I do not consider our people slaves. I consider our people enslaved. You know, um, uh, and and yeah, they may have seen us as, as dogs, but I, I do not dignify them. Um, yeah. And so, so what I was saying was, but what you're talking about. I'll give you a point here. What you're talking about is kind of like street sense, right? Like um, I, I have I have a lot of examples with cops uh, for some reason, but um, I uh, I was uh, in D.C. 3 a.m. I just felt like whipping my car, so I was driving down the street and I made a super fast U-turn. <laughs> bloop, bloop, got, got blown up. You know what I'm bloop, bloop, you know, got blown up. Cherries and berries, you know what I mean? Pull over. Right, uh, I was driving with you know they 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 were harassing me. You know, so I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> but you know they they were they were they were like a little giving me a little hard time because uh, my license didn't match my address or whatever. Right, so I was like, so the the thing is, you know, you and I both we won't get into our our jobs, but you and I both come from law enforcement backgrounds, right? Yeah. So. I um, what you're talking about, I sort of agree with, right? I just don't dignify it in the way I feel that you do. You know what I mean? But yeah. I do agree with uh, some of your points, and and in a sense, I had that sort of our people. We do need to teach our people sort of street sense with the cops, right? I drive I drive into the wrong hood. I'm from I'm from uh, uh, Northwest DC. It's called Uptown, right? Uh, one four zone. Uh, anybody from one four? Yo, what up, what up, what up? But now I'm from I'm from one four. You know what I mean? That's the 14th Street, you know, Farragut, up to Kennedy, which is KDY. Um, there was a uh, there was another hood called Rittenhouse. Uh, you knew if you drive down Rittenhouse, turn your music down. You know what I'm saying? Like you just knew that. It didn't mean you were a punk. You just you in their hood. So you turn your music down. And then when you get out of Rittenhouse, you go up towards the Blockbuster on Georgia Avenue. If everybody remember that Blockbuster, then you good, turn your music back up. But you knew driving through that hood, you turn your music down, uh, you know what I mean? Roll your windows up or, you know, it's kind of just don't, don't basically don't don't get put on the radar, so to speak, to, to bring no attention to yourself. Sure. You know what I mean? So you just understood that. So we do need sort of a street sense when it comes to cops. So back to my 3 a.m. story, you know, I whipped around. Uh, you know, blue blue got blown up, and they uh, basically mean they 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 lit me up. You know, they they pulled me over, and so uh, uh, you know, cop comes up, like, hey man, you know, you know why we pulled you over? And I was like, I don't know, you know, and so they were like, uh, you know, you know, you were driving kind of fast there. They basically thought I was either selling drugs or or drunk or something like that, because uh, it was three a.m. and I was driving fast, and I did make that U-turn hard. Right. Like I said, it was a it was an illegal U-turn, but I made a U-turn. So, um, but I, I, I civilly disagree with them. But here's what I did. Coming from a law enforcement background, I know bad guys are real. You know what I mean? You know bad guys are real. Yeah. So what I didn't do was I didn't make any sudden movements. I didn't obviously throw my hands out where they could see them. Like, you know, in my opinion, like, some people there just they just dignify the system way too much. I'm not doing all that, but I, my hands were visible. Uh, I made no such move, and I disagreed verbally, and I argued with him. Okay, I was wrong. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> my license was my license should have been in the state I was in, and I should have got it changed. I didn't know the rules, man. I didn't know the rules. I was wrong. But the point was, I got through that night because 
I adhere to simple principles you would have if you understood their shoes. Sure. Right? But I think that's a better resolution, teaching our people how to civilly disobey than to just kowtow, adhere to the system, put your hands out, throw your license on the dash, do all these histrionics, and hell, that, that stuff is so weird, part of my language, that stuff is so weird that the cop might, you know, think it's odd and just, you know, do something because they're like, what are you doing? You know? Right. So, so my point is, I am more for civil disobedience. I am more for obeying the law, respecting the job the cop has to do, but still maintaining your dignity through the process. Yeah, um, and, and that's, I, I'm a little, I'm on the other side. I, I uh, yeah. You know, we're both family men, so like you, you you're yeah. coming from the you know civil disobedience, civil disagreeance. Me, if I got pulled over, I probably know if I did something wrong or not. Like you knew you did a, a U-turn fast at three a.m. or whatever. Um, you, you yeah. know, you put yourself in that situation. If I get pulled over, I probably did something to put myself in situation. Um, you know what I'm gonna do? Cop wants me to turn on the light, turn down the radio, put down the window. I'm gonna do it because I, I just don't care enough to where I think I'm so right and above everything and I'm not saying that's what you're doing or anyone that does civil dis- uh, disobedience just me personally I'm going to yeah. have my hands on the steering wheel I'm going to not move until he asks for something and make very small slow movements very visibly I just want to go home and I don't care <laughs> that's just me personally I'm going to do what he no. asks I'm not going to give him any grief if there's a problem I'll take his card and I'll call my lawyer afterwards then I can I can no. do it while I'm safe at home with my family and then I can have my lawyer do the rest of the work I'm not doing it now, now, now what you know the biggest irony of all is is that my take is more American than yours <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's, like, so that's just me personally <laughs> That's just me personally. I'm like, no, that's cool. I want to go home. I don't, I don't care. Uh, you want me to do as long as it's nothing that's obviously illegal or invasive. You know, I, I know that I can refuse a, uh, him to check. You know, if he doesn't have probable cause, he yeah. can't check my car. I understand that. Um, but you know, even depending I, on the situation, because I was going to say the idea of knowing your rights. And standing firm in them and standing up for them is about as, as American as George Washington. Yeah, no, it's 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 very American. Uh, I just I just worry because the X factor is the person with the gun. Yeah, no, no I agree. I agree. I, I just say that because I say that because I'm more tongue in cheek because you know you're the conservative, I'm the liberal. Yeah, so, this is funny. American, you know. What I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you're you're right. Like I said, the X factor is the other guy with the gun, and I just don't play that. <laughs> the other guy has a gun. <laughs> yeah, so don't do it. I, I tell, you know, I always tell people that when we when we did our you know our, our old gig uh, doing doing law enforcement, I say, hey man, like you know we got the gun. We got the gun. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know. So, but I think I think our our community can benefit from both. I think it should be an yeah. option. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I think we could both, you know, I think we and people like us can both teach uh, these things. Hey, look, here's how I do it. Here's how I do it. But at the end of the day, we both maintain our dignity, right? Like you're kind of like, you're maintaining your dignity. You're like, all right, man, look, here's what we need. Boom, here's what you need. Boom, right? And then I'm like, hey, you know, here you go. But look, I don't agree here, but I'm not a threat. I'm just telling you, I disagree with this. You know, whether I'm right or wrong, you can show me I'm wrong. I'll go back and look it up, but I don't agree. But I'm not a threat. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, yeah. And I was um, in closing, um, and I think it's, it's no situation more poignant than this. Um, you know, in the Michael Brown situation, the reports were that, you know, that cop um, told him to, to get the F out the street. And it's just, you know, uh, I feel like, you know, what we could teach our community and people like us could teach our community could have helped Michael Brown better handle that. Because there's a way to say, hey, okay, I'll get out the street, but you're not going to talk to me like that. Yeah. And I'll get out the street, but I need your badge number. Oh, absolutely. Okay, you don't want to give me that number? Keep going. 
going to write down your plate. You know what I mean? And I'm going to call 911 or I'm going to call the precinct and I'm going to gonna basically explain. You know, I'm going to tell my mom and my mom's going to call the precinct and we're going to ask why your officer thought it was a good idea to tell a kid to get the F out of the street. Right. You know what I mean? But just without that training, um, it's just, it puts the kid in a very bad situation and I don't, uh, um, I don't, like without that, you know, without being equipped with all of that, it puts the kid in a very bad situation. It puts victims in a very bad situation because they, they, you know, the cops are supposed to serve and protect. And it's like, you know, I think that's, I think that's a tragedy you and I both agree on that we have to come up with a solution because uh, in certain circumstances, you know, I think it's, I think it's a lot. You think it's, I think it's a lot, but a minority, you think it's a small amount and a minority. Um, but in these cases, they do exist. You know, we really don't have, um, you know, uh, solutions. You know because yeah. I mean? they're, they're startling and, and, and that, that equipping. And we were both fortunate to have a law enforcement background. Sure. You know, we, we're a little more equipped. Um, and then obviously in the case of vigilanteism, it, it, that just needs to end, man. It does. I mean, these, these guys need to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. This needs... You know, this needs to be made up work for Zimmerman. Um, and if they need to hire a special investigator to, to, to really make sure this gets done, then, then it needs to get done. I, I also have to say before we end this out, I also don't agree with Black America jumping all over things like that without getting the full story. I really do think it makes us look stupid in certain cases. Like we don't, the, the where, where we should be outraged is that these two individuals in the Ahmad Arbery case didn't didn't get arrested that same day or the next day? We should be outraged about that. Now, until the case is done and we actually hear all the facts of what's going on, which we won't until this trial's over, we can't be going to social media saying whites are hunting us, whites are killing us, they hate us. We can't walk, we can't jog, we can't eat, we can't do this. Like stirring up, and that's what the media is blowing up, which obviously is during election season. So there's their own reasons for that as well. We don't get into, but I don't, yeah. I don't agree with Black America jumping straight to that conclusion without getting all of the facts first. I don't agree with that because guess what's going to happen? Let's say whether this is true or not. Okay, let's say that it comes back that we're missing a piece of the tape. And this guy, um, Ahmad, actually vandalized, stole, did this X, Y, and Z. Well, whether that's the, the truth or not, we already passed all this judgment, stirred up all these riots, stirred up all these issues. And then later we find out that it wasn't exactly what the truth was. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I, I, I have I an hear, issue I with that. that. I, I hear you on that. I mean, in this case, I, I hear, I agree with you on the overall principle doesn't apply to this case because those vigilantes should be going to jail. Yeah, agreed. Period. Agreed. There's I mean, vigilantes. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't matter if he was carrying, you know, the, ever, the all the possessions from the house. You know what I'm saying? Yes. They should have called the cops and, you know, cops would have, would have dealt with it. And, you know, he probably would be alive. He would be alive. You know what I mean? That's the biggest thing. Yes. So, but, but I do agree with overall, um, uh, you know, having the facts um, before we, we jump to these things, but Have I don't see the facts. I don't see much more facts changing this specific case. And what I will say is um, one benefit to the social media firestorm is that the social media firestorm is why these guys are in jail. And the social media firestorm will probably be why these guys see justice because that small county is dealing with corruption and they were going to make sure that that corruption stopped. The DA was really not trying to see that case happen at all. In fact, honestly, it was bumbling that even happened, that the outrage even happened in the first place. Because the guy, the report was, uh, the initial report was two guys with Confederate flags on their truck jumped out of a car and killed someone. You know, it was literally reported like some kind of crazy, just randomized hate crime. Right. So the lawyer for the dude or the friend, the, the friend, the lawyer who's a friend of McMichael, the McMichaels, said, hey, man, let's put the video out so we can say, hey, it wasn't some mad, some random racist. It's like, but dude, you still, the video still shows two people killing someone for no reason. Yeah, right. <laughs> what, 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 what
what are you doing, man? That backfired. But, so it's like, that, yeah, that, that, that didn't go according to plan. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. <laughs> so, so, so I will say I, I overall do not like the social media firestorm, um, even the way it went down, right? Because it was, it was pitched like it was something that just happened, and I'm all ready to do it for the show. And then I do research, and I'm like, man, I got Facebook. I'm calling that forever now, getting Facebook. Because yeah. this happened two months ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm glad we're mad, but can someone put the post out and say, hey, man, this happened two months ago. And, you know, even though it did, we're just finding out the facts about it now. And this is an outrage. But it, it proves your point that we just not getting the, like, the facts. That's why I appreciate our show where we are dedicated to the facts. Absolutely. However, whoever, whoever decides to, to choose what side they're on or whoever, you know, you know, picks our side or my side or your side. We have facts supporting our viewpoint. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Well, look, man, that that was an, an incredible show, just a great discussion yeah. uh, from two sides yeah. uh, of something very, very real and very serious happening uh, with this Albury case, and then in in our nation in general. Um, I, I think yeah. we both had some very strong points, and uh, you know, really, yeah. it's just. It's just something we have to continually watch and look and really fight for, uh, fight for all America. Really, it's Black America that's that's affected. In this case, most affected, but it, it definitely affects the rest of America as well. Uh, there's no question about that. Yeah. 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 Well, great. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's um, you know, it's 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 uh, it's in these cases, it's it's it, we're specifically uh, uh, going in on how you know how it affects uh our community yeah. the black community specifically yes um yeah. absolutely all right sir well is there anything else you want to say to the listeners as we wrap it up um yeah i would say um you know uh uh definitely you know like and subscribe uh on facebook we're on spotify now um and also apple Podcasts. so you can find us there open door politics and um thank you for listening and, uh, and one thing I would say to you as well, uh, you know, I appreciate your viewpoint because we rarely get to hear from a black conservative um, on this, on these topics. Yeah. You know, a lot of times conservatives as a whole are sort of demonized when I think, you know, you guys have a point as well. You're wrong. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you, guys <have laughs> you guys have a point as well. And it, it, it helps to get a balance on both sides, which again, as we know, this is what our country was based on. Yes, checks and balances. Checks and balances. Well, thank you, Joel, uh, and thank you to our listeners. Uh, we truly hope you enjoyed episode four of Open Door Politics. And as always, all it ever takes is a single conversation to start the motion. Mm-hmm.